if you're a gamer and you're not taking advantage of free-to-play games, you're selling yourself short. Selling, free-to-play, you guys see what I did there? Dear God. Still funny. No one's gonna tune in? Yeah, this is... It's like a dumpster fire. A dumpster fire full of skunks. But at least the price is right. Join Scott, Jeff, and Elliot on Budget Arcade as we play, review, and rate a free-to-play game each week. Listen every Tuesday, wherever you download podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe. Game Game on. on. Guys, I think we're ready to start. I'm gonna go on ahead and unmute Daphne's guys. Hey guys, how Hello. you doing? Hello. Good evening. How are you? I am doing well. You guys ready to start the show? I am as ready as I'll ever be. Alright. Hello and welcome to Next to Nothing, this show where we talk about how to waste your time and not your money in gaming. I am your host, Danny K, with me. As always, Mr. Greenleet, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing, sir? I am doing excellent. And my number two co-host. Now that sounded like you were like you're like a lesser co-host. Uh, my other co-host, um, <laughs> Reverend Sven, who I affectionately call Padre. How you doing, Padre? I'm doing really well, thank you. How are you, Danny K? I'm doing good. I'm I'm, I'm doing glad to hear it. Really good. Um, so we have a lot of things to talk about this week. Um, anything that we needed to get off at the top of the show? I don't think so. Uh, the only thing that comes to mind is you calling him number two, which is a solid Austin Powers reference. <laughs> that's the only like thing it. that's stuck in my head now. Who his does name is number two work full. His name <laughs> is number two. Fair enough. <laughs> I I haven't seen Austin's po- Austin Powers since I was probably like thirteen, so that joke. A is, what? Yeah, like that is a classic. Like I probably saw it like on Comedy Central last time, and I haven't had cable since like sophomore year of high school. <laughs> yeah, you need to you need to at least see Goldmember because Goldmember is mint. <laughs> That's probably the best one. It's yeah. fucking mint. All right, cool. So we have a lot of things to talk about this week. Um, one of them being a game that uh, Padre you've played. Uh, so we, we want to get into uh, Edith Edith Finch. What remains of Edith Finch? Yes. yes. So this is a game I have actually played um, on a couple of different occasions because. It has uh, some replayability factor if you go straight through, like start to finish and just try to blaze through the game. This has got like some side notes, but the synopsis of the game is you play, of course, Edith Finch, um, and you're going around the old Finch household uh, trying to learn about the history of your family. And because there's a lot of stuff you don't remember because you kind of, you and your mother left at, you know, at an early age kind of thing. And you come back, you start learning. There's like a family curse type of thing where it's almost everybody meets an untimely end, you know? But what really, really is captivating about this game is the art style in a sense that not just the game itself has a really good art style, but every time a new story is being told, um, you see it from the point of view of that family member and it's always done in a different style. So like there's one who was an actress in like, 
um, grindhouse horror films. And so her, you know, her story is being told in what looks like a comic book. And then, you know, you have the baby there, you know, without spoiling, there's a, there's a baby, you see the story of a lot of imagination, you know, type of things. It's just, it's a really intriguing story, but you're, you're exploring the house, um, trying to discover all this stuff. And then you kind of come to a, you know, big conclusion at the end, you know, spoiler free, but, um, there's, there's kind of a downside in my opinion. Cause if say you get everything done in the first playthrough, you find everything you're looking at maybe three and a half, four hours and the game does still run $20, which is in my opinion, kind of high for a short playthrough like that. But the storytelling in and of itself, you know, it, it's no different than if you went, you know, to buy a movie that was two, two and a half hours long, you're still going to pay 20 bucks for it. So kind of the same concept um, for a game, though, a little high, but still worth it. Um, it is still currently 20 bucks on all uh, on PS4, Xbox and Steam but it goes on sale pretty regularly. So I highly recommend keeping an eye out for it. And if you can get it on sale, do so. Yeah, I saw it when I was when I was doing some research on it. Uh, it was originally released in 2017. It's by um, Giant Sparrow. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you're, it going on sale pretty regularly makes sense for a two-year-old game. Um, just like some other information for people who are interested in this, uh, it's found you can find uh, what remains of Edith Finch on Windows, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch. Um, if you're looking at buying it on Windows, you just need a 64-bit processor and operating system. Windows Vista SP2, 64-bit or later, two gigs of RAM, uh, GeForce GTX 750, AMD Radeon 770, um, 7790 or later, or five gigs of hard drive uh, space. That's all you need for uh, Windows. Um, sorry to, to take over that there. No, no, it's good to know the specs because I mean that actually points out, um, you know, points out a, a good little um, good little tidbit on the fact that you don't have to have a you know some kind of top notch high quality PC to run. I mean, you can run it on a laptop and still get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Highly recommend headphones so you can fully immerse yourself into the story because that's what really sets this game kind of apart from you know, just other typical indie games is just the storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, you were mentioning like the art and the art does seem, the art is appealing. How is the sound design? Like is the music and like the, the sound effects, everything like that. How does that mesh? Yeah. The, now they, you know, they obviously got, you know, real sound bites for stuff like the animals and any kind of background noise and whatnot. But the soundtrack is really really good like it, it's good enough to where they actually separated the soundtrack and you can buy the soundtrack on steam for five dollars mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know i i have spotify so i don't pay for a lot of uh just soundtracks anymore but i would say um you know at least give it a listen because it it, it does it has a very nice ambient tone to it but it can do a lot of tone changing with you know with things like the the horror movie actress her storylines music is a lot different than say the babies or the brother who was the fisherman. You know, they all have their own kind of their, their, their particular soundtracks match their part of the storyline really well. Mm -hmm. Um, so the gameplay, would you describe this? Cause looking at it a little bit, would you describe this as a, as a bit of a walking simulator? Yeah. It's kind of like, um, yeah. 
a lot of a lot more people have played like layers of fear how it's that you just kind of walk through and discover things as you go mm-hmm. um there's not any technically clear-cut objective it's more of just like an exploration type thing um it's most definitely that but unlike some games that are like that there are little side deals you'll you'll see um a family tree pop up that you're keeping tabs on mm-hmm. and there are a few that if you just go through the story itself you'll miss mm. so there is some actual um necessity to the exploration if you want to see everything yeah so it's it's very environmental storytelling a lot like gone home if you've ever played that yes it is a that's actually a very good comparison in my opinion is you know pl- gameplay wise is mm-hmm. gone home yeah very yeah which i don't think i've talked about gone home on this iteration of the show i maybe i did before even ren was uh, on the if show you, if you did i don't remember it yeah um so for people who don't know gone home it, you play as a character who's just uh coming home um to like an empty childhood home uh and trying to figure out where everyone's at and like your sister ran away and you you know piece all that information together uh through bits and pieces in the environment um so very very similar to that then sven yeah uh, uh on that note with gone home i will say that was the first time i think i ever kind of really felt an emotional connection to a character in a video game that you never see right yeah like like as you're piecing together that story you're really growing to become attached to these characters it's very good game Mm -hmm. um so you said there's some replayability in this just in like just in terms of finding like new bits in the environment and stuff yeah, assuming you don't find everything on your first go around, which it it can be a little difficult if you don't know going in that there are extra pieces. You know, you'll miss them and you can't go back and get them. So, um, it, you become so kind of entranced in the story that you'll want to go back and and find those pieces. And with it kind of being a shorter game, anyways, it's not really anything to take a couple extra hours out to go play through it again and try to find those things. Yeah. So, like overall. And with it being on on multiple platforms the way it is, is this a buy, borrow, or wait for a sale kind of thing? I would say a hundred percent wait for a sale, but it doesn't have to be like a huge sale. You can do like mm. a twenty five percent off, get it for fourteen ninety nine or something like that. Um, that's kind of I guess more of a on principle thing. Just just because again twenty dollars is kind of high for a two and a half three hour playthrough. But mm-hmm. I, I would I mean I would definitely recommend buying it, but. If, if you can wait for it to go on sale, do that. Yeah. Uh, Green Elite, have you had any experience with this game? None at all, no. I, I was actually watching the uh, <clears throat> gameplay footage that you were playing mm-hmm. and, uh, and was perplexed. It looks really nice. I, um, did at one point one of the characters turn into a shark? Or yes. were you playing as a shark? It, it happens, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of weird things that go on. Is it kind of trippy? sounds badass yeah especially like as you kind of like play towards the the point of view of the children in the game you know mm-hmm. like the when you're learning the history of some of the kids because you live kind of through their imagination and the storytelling mm-hmm. you turn into all kind of things sea monsters snow owls all kind i mean hmm. there's a lot of things in between those two things but <laughs> those are two of them yeah so it gets kind of tri- trippy so maybe don't smoke a bunch of uh uh sativa <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, bush. Or uh, uh, ten out of ten would recommend doing that. I actually uh, <laughs> disclaimer: that's a joke. <laughs> we don't advocate for drug use. On drugs are bad, okay? Drugs are bad. I don't advocate for drug use, though. I don't care if you do or not. Um. Cool. So that's uh, what remains of Edith Finch. Um, like I said, uh, that's from Giant Sparrow Games. Padre. It's uh says it's a sale game. Wait for it to go on sale. Um, and you can pick that up on Windows, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. And uh, that's about it. I'm actually surprised I don't see Android or iOS devices on on that list. Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised by that, too, because, I mean, with it being kind of a, a simplistic game, you, you would think that they would have at least one of the mobile mm -hmm. platforms. And I could see this. Don't. I could see this being a good like commuter game. Like I have yeah. a bit, I have a flight, you know, which is why I, th I think it makes sense on the Nintendo Switch. Um, it's like, yeah, I got a like a three hour flight, you know, New York to L.A. Uh, well, I don't know how long New York to L.A. is uh, like probably four hours or something. Maybe five i would say it's about six probably six yeah um but yeah i have a flight you know uh that i have to you know take let's pop this in real quick and play through it um yeah cool so that's uh, what remains of edith finch um we have had a lot of updates in in games uh the last little while um so i figure we'll talk about um, a game that I know uh, is near and dear to your heart, Padre, Rocket League. Yeah. So let's just start with the previous system that Rocket League had, the biggest update. Okay. So the biggest change in this season was they used to have crates where you would, um, you would earn decryptors or keys, um, or you could purchase them to... Mm -hmm turn around and open these crates at a random chance at an item in the crate. Um, in the rocket pass, you would get a decryptor every 10 levels. Uh, sometimes you'd get one in between 10 levels. Like, every, you know, you'd get one and then five levels later, you get one, five levels later, you get another, and then it would go back to 10. Mm -hmm. um, or you get them randomly leveling up sometimes. Um, but yeah, so I will start off by saying I would be playing devil's advocate to this just because I do understand where people could be coming from. I'm just not coming from that direction. And uh, so they changed it. And the way it works now is every 12 levels um, in the Rocket Pass, you get 100 credits. And you take these credits to now um, unlock blueprints. So instead of having a random chance at something, you have to actually use these credits to purchase them. Now, I can understand where people would be coming from on, okay, that's cool because, you know, I don't want to waste all my decryptors on these things and getting like trash cosmetics that, on you know for cars that i don't even like um and i get that because I've, I've struggled with that but when you look at the cost of some of the top tier items on there you can't farm enough credits in a single rocket pass or yeah rocket pass season to get one of these things so like one of your exotic items your import items one of your your top tier items you're looking at you know two thousand credits you're gonna have to level up you know was it 200 levels because you're or no more than 200 levels like 240 levels um which is almost impossible to do and once you get past 70 it's not guaranteed that you're going to get those 100 credits so now i it, it's different for me because i got a lot of cool stuff out of the crates 
I can't go and get these things on chance anymore. I have to sit there. If I see something I like, I have to farm and farm or just buy these credits. And that is where my frustration with the whole thing comes from. Mm-hmm. Now that that being said, there are some good things in this Rocket Pass season. You got a um, you got a new car body that kind of reminds me of the Speed Racer car. Um, it's called the Chikara. And then once you get to level seven, you get like the upgraded modded version, the Chikara uh, GXT. Um, you get... My favorite thing, honestly, so far, though, is I got a new you get a goal explosion. That's literally whenever you score a goal, a bunch of fish just come flopping out all over the field. (laughs) Um, But aside from that, you know, it's basic. You have a few new cosmetic items, which is all you're going to get with it. But the idea that I can't get something really, really good, you know, on luck frustrates the heck out of me. But again, I can understand where people would be coming from. Well, now I don't have to run the risk of getting something I would literally never use. Mm -hmm. But I I just think if they could tweak the system of how many credits these things cost and maybe knock it back down to 10 levels instead of 12 that you get the 100 credits, it would be a little bit more palatable. But I am not the only person that's voiced my frustration in this, uh, you know, in this particular aspect of the the update. Um, But yeah, it's very frustrating because there are some really cool cool things i want to get and i'm looking at the cost of them like i can't dole out ten dollars to get this you know yeah i've heard a lot of uh a lot of frustration with this um i think the where i first heard about this not only from you but from uh, was from uh bellular news um and a lot of people saying that you know it was cheaper before with the loot box system the you know the key the key in box system to get the things that you wanted you could spend less money and actually get things halfway decently um as opposed to this where it's i have to pay twenty dollars for this fucking car um or this cool set of tires you know like something an animated decal anything you're having to pay a lot just out of pocket because you're not going to be able to farm those credits yeah, which is, it's a weird thing to hear that they got rid of a randomized loot system, you know, where you could get all these cool cosmetic items, but it's, but the prices go up for a direct purchase. Like, it makes sense, but it also, it's like moving the wrong direction. You don't want customers to have to pay more for products that they were already getting, Especially in right. a game that already costs money, right? Because what is Rocket League, like $15? Yeah, something like that. Which is not terribly much, but also the the majority of the programming or of the development of Rocket League is already there. You know, right. at this point, they're just adding cosmetics and maps and maybe they add in an arcade mode, right? Right. Well, and, and like, you know, when they do some updates, you know, when they did the uh, the Haunted Hollows update, the Halloween one, you know, you could just go and earn uh, these certain amount of points every game that you played to turn around and purchase, uh, you know, a Stranger Things themed stuff. So, I mean, there's like guaranteed stuff you can get for very inexpensive just by playing a few games. Like you won't have to actually pay money for them. You get like a specialized currency for the event. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of things that are just in the game that you want that now you're either going to have to buy or do without. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, this is, it's kind of weird. It's such a weird position to be in where 
a company get gets rid of that of what a lot of people a lot of customers just generally dislike but they don't replace it with something that people like better which is just very strange right but, yeah because you're also paying for the rocket pass every season you're paying mm -hmm. an extra ten dollars for that as well you could pay twenty dollars to get extra credits and um i think it's like randomly 12 level boosts in your rocket pass but mm -hmm. that's i mean come on <laughs> so let's let's put you in the shoes of uh the developer here uh what would you have done yeah all right so the blueprint system itself is not bad you know the blue you know being able to being able to get the things you want guaranteed if you have the blueprint for it is not a bad idea the only thing I would have done different, really, just to just to make people a little bit happier, is probably just dock the the cost of the credit or like the amount of credits required to unlock things. You know, like it's just too much. You know, drop it. I mean, even something as small as like a twenty five percent, drop it from two thousand down to fifteen hundred for these super top tier items, and then kind of do the same thing throughout, but proportionately. But aside from that, I mean. I, the idea, I, I get it, but the execution was not there for me. Mm -hmm. Um, man, I'm just trying to think of what I'll, I mean on this topic because it just, it, you know, for for months and months and months on this show specifically, you know, we talked about about loot boxes and stuff like that. Um, I guess let's. Let's just uh, talk about your devil's advocacy here. What do you, you know, what thoughts have you not expressed uh, in maybe how people could be happy with this or support this? Well, I mean, what it, what it essentially boils down to on, on me playing devil's advocate, where I could, where I can understand is the, the idea that, well, now I don't have to sit there and use my credits on, or back then the decryptor to unlock this crate and watch this wheel spin and get, a you know basic tier decal for a car that i never use because like some decals are specialized for specific car bodies mm -hmm. and there are a lot of them that i just don't use because i just don't like those cars no matter how cool the decal looks but and again for that reason i understand you know some people don't like the rant it's like a gamble it, i mean some people don't like gambling so there's there's that but as somebody who has come out on the winning side of that with you know some exotic wheels and import bodies and gold explosions some top tier stuff that's why i'm frustrated about it but if somebody you know is coming in brand new never had never got that kind of win you know i i, I get it i get where it would be more appealing to them mm -hmm. uh green elite what are your thoughts and, and feelings on on this situation on this uh, rocket league update Honestly, it almost seems like like there is a hint of some shady business uh, going on with that, because you you know that they have the people and the resources to know exactly how much uh, grinding and and time it's going to take to unlock these credits. Um, so you have people who are getting getting lucky, and then you got people who are getting extremely unlucky with the, the loot crate system. Those people that are going to be feeling like they're not winning it, like getting the the winning end of that, are gonna be absolutely ecstatic that that you get these new blueprints and it's easier to unlock what you specifically want. Mm -hmm. But you know that there's someone in there that's like, yeah, but we're gonna make it take a really long time for a really lot of money. 
like a lot of money. So <clears throat> those are the kind of tactics that I don't really care for. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard in kind of being the devil's advocate there. It's hard to fault a company for wanting to make money more, more consistently, maybe is the right way to say that. Like, it's hard to, it's hard to fault a company for putting, for, for, uh, not putting their bottom line first, right? That's what companies are for, but it does come at a cost for the, for the customer. I'm actually going to try to not say the word consumer, uh, anymore. Uh, Jim Sterling put out a, um, interesting video and I, I think he swayed me to not say consumer, uh, in these, <clears throat> in these kind of conversations, but yeah, to, to damage the customer in such a way, uh, it seems to be, you know, exactly a little, a little confusing, but like I said, it's hard to fault a company whose explicit purpose is to make money. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm definitely not saying that it's, a bad practice it's mm-hmm. just on the shady end of practice because there's got to be a good far with it yeah there's got to be a good mix mm-hmm. because those customers that are are purchasing your products and and essentially paying and keeping the game afloat by buying these cosmetics that aren't even necessary for the game you got to keep them happy while also trying to to meet that that uh, bottom line mm-hmm. so like, i mean it's Destiny has done the same thing with uh, when they were with Activision. They had uh, engrams that you could you could either purchase with money or you could grind them out. But it came to light that if you do certain activities over and over again just to get the XP, they actually slow down your XP progression. So when they found that out, what they did was like, oh, we're sorry. We didn't really realize that that's how it was going. And then they switched it to where you just need a whole bunch of XP to get these uh, these engrams, to get these cosmetics. So, it, I mean, it's happened before. I'm not saying that the company is bad for, you know, putting that, that margin in there. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you got to have a good a good balance. Balance think, is key. I think one, one thing they could have done maybe to balance it, and just an idea here, is maybe make it to where the cost of a top tier cosmetic item is the amount of credits it would take that you would be able to grind on a rocket pass start to finish in a single season that way it's like if you want that item you can get it with your rocket pass levels but you're not going to be able to get anything else you know but that way it's like all right if you want if you want to get something else okay you can just buy the extra credits to make up for whatever differential you have but I think maybe that would have been kind of a fair compromise to mm-hmm. to where somebody can at least earn. It's a weird word to use, but earn that, that top-tier item without having to pay something extra or wait several seasons. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think I have any other thoughts or questions relating to this particular situation. I guess we'll see um, how long are they – because this is for a new season, right? Correct. Yeah, it's a new season. And the seasons typically run quite a while. Like I know mm-hmm. I got I got in late on season four. Last last season was the first one I ever actually purchased a rocket pass on and I got in on it late and it was still like October, I think, when I got in on it, and it didn't end until December fifth. Mm-hmm. 
So it's, I mean, they, they span for at least a few months. It's not, it, the thing is it's, it's Epic that owns it now. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they do all the rocket league stuff and what Fortnite doesn't, uh, does a deal every two months. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's longer than that when they do the rocket pass updates. Yeah. And I'm interested to see, cause they, they didn't immediately, right. We, we know they haven't immediately gone back on this system and said, Oh, sorry guys. Right. So I'm curious to see if next season they'll make any changes just based on the customer feedback. Um, or if people are just kind are just going to let it go. I don't know how ravenous or how um, fickle the uh, Rocket League community can be if they can uh, browbeat uh, a company into changing policies like that. Well, I mean, what's your gauge on that? I mean, can they be? I mean, I, I haven't heard any real gripes to this degree actually come out on on Rocket League yet. So that's kind of that kind of remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least to me, you know, cause I, I didn't start actually paying a lot of attention to everything that was going on with it until a couple months back. And, um, uh, and now that I'm in on it, you know, I've, I'm hearing, I have a lot of friends that are, you know, high level players that really enjoy the game a mm-hmm. lot more than I do. Um, and this is the first time I've heard them come out and say something too about it. You know, it's, but then again, this is also the first like major change mm-hmm. in a long time because yeah. it's a, it's a, pretty big shakeup to the system they've had but uh to verify on this uh rocket pass 4 started on august 28th and Oof. didn't until december 5th yeah so they run for some time yeah so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what changes they make and because it's been out for what about a week now maybe a little over a week a little less it's been five days five days so i mean you can't expect them to reconfigure everything in five days at least right um so it'll be interesting to see kind of if we see anything from the backlash uh from community especially prominent community members uh esports folks um and whatever else but uh guys any other thoughts on this uh situation at all it'll definitely be interesting on how how they react with the community Mm mm-hmm Especially the more people talk about it, you know, because it's like it it wasn't like this huge, huge, you know, lashing out that happened right out the gate. It's been like a slowly progressing thing. You're hearing just kind of more and more people talk about it as each day goes on. So, yeah, it's going to it's going to be interesting to see how the whole thing plays out in the long run. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, Mr. Green Elite. Yes, sir. You, as our resident Destiny expert, have uh, some things to talk about here. Uh, new Destiny uh, 2 update or a uh, season? I don't know if I'd say expert. I just. I said resident really expert, enjoyed. which is relative to <laughs> what I know and what Sven knows, which, if Sven is anything like me, he knows nothing about Destiny 2. Fairly accurate. Well, I'll take it, then. So, <laughs> there you well. Go. So Destiny 2 has moved since Bungie has split with Activision. They have moved to a new seasonal progression, much like uh, PUBG and Fortnite, Rocket League, all that stuff. Um, So the new season actually came out. This is the second season since they've started doing that with the new Shadowkeep expansion and the DLC um, 
DLC, Season of the Undying, now it's Season of Dawn. Um, there are some heavy spoilers for people who are in Destiny if you have not seen the trailer yet. Um, either play the game or don't watch the trailer. I'm not going to spoil it for you. <laughs> um, however, they have made a few changes. They have uh, buffed the solar classes uh, for each class, the Guardians. Um, so there's going to be some major improvements with the supers. And uh, I believe the the Hunter has gotten a new uh, a knife, a melee knife that's it's called Weighted Knife. And I think they, I believe they get two. Um, that has turned into like a one-hit meta in PvP. If you're into PvP, watch out for that. Um, and then there's going to be some new stories. They have a new artifact. Um, and what the artifact is, is actually boosts your light level. or your. They're not calling it light level anymore. They're calling it power level. Okay. So that artifact uh, can potentially infinitely increase your power level. Um, there is a base, like your your base light is nine. I think they moved it up to nine seventy. Mm-hmm. Um, with that artifact, you keep grinding, and it's it gets into the millions with XP as you progress. So it, it I mean, that's no easy task. Um, but that will raise you up, and then um, each season that artifact will go away, and then essentially you'll get a new one and keep grinding that one up and so on and so forth. It's kind of a way to keep them in in with the uh with that. Mm-hmm. Um there is a new game activity which you're actually seeing that on the screen if you're watching live. Um that's the the sundial. Um it runs much like the menagerie from season of opulence. It's a six man team. Um I haven't gotten to play it yet. Um so I'm excited to get in there and try that. Um as as well as some uh, good story, um, which I, again I'm not going to spoil it because it, it looks awesome. If you haven't watched the trailer and you don't mind spoilers, watch the trailer because um, there's a big reveal. Kind of, I mean, it's a trailer, so they got to build some hype somehow. Um, but a character from the previous game, uh, well, not in the previous game, but in the previous lore, as well as some lore from the I think it was the second first or second DLC mm-hmm. um, that was talked about actually is brought up in this new season. So mm. um, I'm pretty excited to stand next to him and uh, square up. Yeah. So. so overall, you think this is a, a pretty good update to Destiny 2? Everyone that I've heard, like I've heard talk about it mm. has enjoyed it so far. Um, I haven't gotten to play much of it. Um, I just picked up the the season pass for this this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited to get down and deep into it. Um, yeah. Which the majority of this week and next week is going to be essentially spent grinding on this, except for Friday. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably have some more opinions of, of it as I go. Um, but from what they've unveiled, I, I would definitely say it, it it it's panning out to be a good season. Yeah. So, I mean, is this, say someone fell out of Destiny 2, is this one that that will definitely bring people back, you think? Or um, if, honestly, if if anything, Shadowkeep and Forsaken should have brought you back. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not like an actual full-size DLC. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, like, if you're just now 
getting back into it, I would definitely recommend starting, you know, buy the season pass and grind this up as well as play through the campaigns for Forsaken and Shadowkeep. Mm-hmm. Um, just so that way you get a feel of how the game's evolved. Um, and then just start leveling as you play with that with the new season pass. Um, and it's especially important um, since you have the base game now that comes with the free, um, the first two DLCs are free. Mm-hmm. Um, to definitely play that that first DLC, uh, Curse of Osiris, because it does talk about this season as well. It kind of builds from that, mm-hmm. but in a bigger way, because the first two DLCs of Destiny, as well as the vanilla Destiny 2 game, were not very well received. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly don't know how I stuck through it. <laughs> uh, it was it was just my friends played a lot and mm-hmm. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be alone. <laughs> so, but then I'm ended up being the only person that's actually playing it. Uh-huh. Um so I've built a clan and everything and a fun community in Destiny 2. Um, yeah. But there's a lot going on now. It this game's been from it's completely different from when you started in vanilla. Mm-hmm. Um so anyone who's just played the campaign and they're like, well, I don't know what to do now. I'm just going to get out of here. They'd be pleasant, pleasantly surprised to come into this game now and mm-hmm. see how much you have to do and how much, how many op- options you have. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just to dive in and you can spend hours in it and not get everything done for like even your daily challenges and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You could spend all day and probably not get it done, especially if you're fresh. Yeah. I remember when you when you showed me around the game a couple weeks ago or maybe a month ago um just being surprised at how much was there and trying to um get a grasp on anything I do worry about fresh players for this game especially with like uh like the terminology but I think because you said they changed light level to power level yeah did um, that it, did they, they change the scale on that at all or is it exactly the same it it's the same. The light level is it's still exactly where it is. Uh, like the 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 big thing is when Shadow Keep dropped, um, and they dropped the Destiny New Light. Mm-hmm. When when you start an account, you're automatically 750 light or 750 power. I mm. keep saying light. I'm, I'm bad. <laughs> so you, you you drop in your 750 power. Gotcha. Um, which kind of irks me. Mm-hmm. Because when I played day one. I was 100, and then I built. You know, it it went from 300 to uh, 325 to 380, mm-hmm. um, and made the big jump with Forsaken from to 600 from 385, um, and then from 600 went up to 750 for the before Shadow Keep. So once they dropped New Light and everyone was 750, it was kind of like, what the hell <laughs> did I do all that grinding for? But yeah now it's essentially unlimited it's uncapped as long as you put the time in and mm-hmm. and the effort um and even if you don't put all the effort and you you just do some light grinding and and just playing to play mm-hmm. it's not going to be a bad experience cool so. uh anything else on the destiny 2 update that's pretty much all i have um there's going to be they're going to be dropping a few things throughout the uh next coming months mm-hmm. that correlate with the with the new season uh some exotic quests um of course that storyline um they're gonna make a they're gonna release the 
the heroic version or the the harder version of the sundial mm-hmm. i think next month i think okay i haven't really memorized the roadmap yet mm-hmm. but um some new exotic quests new weapons that are coming out as well so cool i'm just um, excited to dive in yeah uh padre any thoughts or questions on on destiny 2 at all you know, I, I do have a like a, a quick thought on it. I don't think I've ever been as impressed with an organization as I have with Bungie on this whole deal, on the way they've handled the situation of split with Activision, on how they have essentially turned it from this just like, you know, a lot of people I heard, you know, had the complaints of it's just the same thing. A lot of people I heard, you know, had the complaints over it. But then it became, you know, kind of, for the guardians by the guardians type of thing because I, I, I have a friend at work that is just absolutely obsessed with destiny and he knows i like to listen to it because it has one of the mm-hmm. most expansive lures in video oh. game history mm-hmm. as well and uh and so to see how they have taken it and made it a community driven game has is absolutely fantastic i mean that's pretty much the only comment i have on the whole thing but it's there, there's so much respect for bungie for what they've done since the split and going off that lore comment, like when I'm at work and I have nothing to like, if I'm working, I'll put like a, a, a lore video. Like there's some really good lore video uh, people on YouTube that just collect the lore and then they'll read it out and stuff like that. I'll, I'll put it in the background while I'm working and it like there's so much interesting things that like you initially don't see in the game unless you actually read like the lore like there's weapon like you'll get weapons that have lore on them you just yeah. gotta read it and it's very environmental very very well and the lore is not just like an optional storyline type of thing either because they keep building content mm-hmm. off of the lore and they keep in like you know instituting it into the game it's it's just very impressive mm-hmm. uh sven i do have a question for you has your friend at work um, explained to you the story of Shin Malfur and Dredgen Yor? Not yet, but I guarantee you if I ask him tomorrow, I can come back and tell you every detail. You ask him. <laughs> Send it to me in a DM so I can remember. That, that is some some good storytelling right there. So. Uh, awesome. Anything else on Destiny 2? That's all I have for now. Cool. Well, guys, we're going to take about a two minute break. Uh, you guys stay, uh, sit tight. We'll uh, get a quick snack or a drink or use the restroom or whatever. You guys can do the same and we will be back in just a little bit. All right, guys, we'll be, we are back and ready to roll. We all good to continue? Yeah. Yes. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. So uh, we have one more topic, and it kind of relates to something that we talked about um, last week. And I also kind of want to wrap this into uh, something that we talked about or that uh, we've been wanting to talk about a little bit here. Um, so let me just start with the with the base news story here. So it was. Uh... <laughs> realized i guess i should say uh last week that um the darksiders genesis game that was just released by thq nordic um on google stadia was uh was ten dollars extra than what it was on steam 
Um, it, because we can't seem to go a week without talking about Stadia right now. Um, I figured we we kind of continue on this, <laughs> continue on this. So on um, other platforms, uh, it was thirty dollars. Um, the price on Google Stadia to uh, play Darksiders Genesis was forty dollars. Um, Darksiders has kind of had blasé reviews. Um, it hasn't been anything that's been taking the world by storm, which is interesting just an interesting little tidbit about the pricing um outlets that did reach out to thq nordic just got a blanket response saying that um they that the company doesn't uh discuss their pricing policies um so yeah and then kind of in the in the different stadia forums and in community gathering uh places a lot of owners are saying that uh it could be due to some sort of precedent that uh, developers have set before where console editions cost more and that would be related to um having to develop on consoles is different than having to develop on pcs um and would incur extra development costs and that would be due to tweaking uh two specific things like the and i'm not like super into like the development world i'm not a programmer i'm not a game dev by any means um just from like what i've heard was like developing for the ps3 or the ps4 is more difficult than like developing for pc or xbox one because of the architecture and the systems and the way things are set up um, so that could have been like some sort of pre reason why, um, but on top of a rough launch launch for Stadia, uh, I am, this just seems like one more thing. If developers are going to be charging an extra premium for, for Stadia, I, I have more fears for the future of the uh, platform. What are you guys thinking? Just on, on the information that I provided here. I think it's funny that, uh, you know, the, the thing we were talking about last week was, you know, let's not bury this thing before it's dead. And then they shoot themselves in the foot. It's like, oh, OK, one foot back in the grave. Let's go. Well, I mean, it, so it wasn't Google that set the price for the for the game. That was THQ Nordic. Um, but why THQ Nordic set the price ten dollars more for Google Stadia was already strange. Um, and like one thing that I was kind of thinking of is, um, you know, Stadia can already be more expensive than any other platform just based on overage charges, right? If you go over your internet, um, data, excuse me, if you go over your internet data allotment, then, um, you know, you can incur, $50 charges, $100 charges, $200 charges, depending on how much you go over. Um, and so, you know, if you're weighing out, okay, I already have to pay $10 for this game and I risk data charges, additional data charges, how much more am I paying for this game than if I would be playing it on Xbox One or on PC or on PlayStation 4 or on Nintendo Switch? So the... <sighs> just one more thing it's just like why what makes stadia appeal if if there is going to be additional premium charges on it from uh, publishers uh green elite what are you thinking i think stadia has a tough time with our opinions <laughs> it does in the light of our opinions because uh 
like ever even even before launch we've especially i i've had some unfavorable opinions about stadia mm-hmm. uh, just because i haven't seen the necessity like it is an extremely difficult niche to fill mm-hmm. like and it's almost un, un, unidentified as a niche uh, of like who's buying this so i don't understand why thq made it more expensive especially since it's not necessarily a console game Mm-hmm. that they're selling because the whole point I believe the whole point of Stadia is essentially streaming a, a PC to whatever device you want it to mm-hmm. so I, I don't understand their, their price differential um, I think that's between Google and THQ yeah but, and honestly I didn't even know there was another Darksider came, game coming out I didn't I, this is the first time hearing of it too like when I watched the video mm-hmm yeah, so, it was thirty dollars when it came out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's a pretty rough start as it is. So, I, I mean, I think both parties are at fault here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just because Stadia, Stadia. Yeah, but also because THQ didn't really do a whole. If I didn't hear about a game, um, that, that's probably not good advertising. Yeah. Well, if I... go ahead. Go ahead. No, you first. You first. <laughs> I was I was just gonna say I base my life around playing video games. Mm-hmm. So and I I genuinely enjoyed Darksiders the fir- the first Darksiders mm-hmm. where you play as War. I loved that game. That game was fun when it came out for Xbox 360. I I like I I played it. It was like a God of War, like a God of War style game. Enjoyed the heck out of it. Uh, played a little bit of Darksiders too, and then after that, it's just I haven't picked it up since but yeah i i, I don't know where they're coming from because i believe darksiders has a, a big fan base too mm-hmm. i think it has a pretty cult following yeah like a lot like people really enjoy it and then there's the people that are you know there's like the people that enjoy it and then there's the people that really enjoy it um and you're right like there wasn't much marketing behind the game i didn't see the marketing uh really hit um in the kind of the reviews that I've seen were just, like I said, blase. They weren't like super, super excited or super stoked on the game. It was just okay. It was serviceable. It entertained us for the time that we played it. It wasn't, you know, it was unmemorable, um, which are not things you necessarily want to hear about the game. But kind of going back to our um, conversation last week and i kind of want to wrap this into a i know that we didn't really plan this so i'm, I'm gonna apologize for catching you guys kind of off guard on this um you know game ownership um and you know now we have a situation where okay there's a premium p- price for pay for playing on uh stadia right there's an extra ten dollar charge um for for being on stadia and if stadia folds as a uh as a service and your copies are gone you know let's talk about like game ownership and stuff like that related to just this you know uh where do you guys see game ownership going right now because in the past it was that you owned the physical means of playing the game right you used to own the and you know if you're playing on the switch or playing on consoles or something like that um you used to own the disc or the cartridge in order to play the game um now 
we're moving away from that uh, gradually, maybe, if if this is gradual. Uh, <laughs> and I just mimicked a plummet, by the way, for uh, anyone listening on audio. Um, I mean, how are you guys feeling about this? How are you guys seeing that maybe customers can maybe retain some of their rights to licenses or, um, you know, is there is there such a thing as, you know, maybe down the line that Google has to refund people if Stadia folds, if the licenses on their on their games just kind of disappears or does Google need to arrange um, some sort of distribution? Um, saying, hey, you can get your digital copies um, because, you know, you spent the $40 on Darksiders Genesis. You can redeem a free copy over at Valve. You know, do is that Google's responsibility or, you know, maybe they offer some sort of discount? I mean, what are you guys thinking about uh, about this? You're definitely like, you're definitely right on the 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 sense of ownership has definitely changed since the wave of digital content mm-hmm. um, especially since you're not technically owning any physical copy of this game uh you know you're, you're just purchasing the license and you're you're essentially purchasing the right to play that game um which i mean it i don't know where it snuck up at mm-hmm. um and and it, it's kind of something that we like as a whole have like kind of sp- slept on because it at first when digital content came out and everyone's like oh sweet we can download this straight to our our playstation 3 and we don't have to worry about a disc that's the only thing we really picked up on Mm -hmm. oh the the ease of use versus hey you don't have this actual copy this isn't if something happens you don't you can't play that game because you don't physically have that game Mm -hmm. um so I mean, with Google, uh, honestly, if if they can't afford to refund or you know swap something with better value, I would be highly shocked if indeed Stadia does fold. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't say that Stadia will fold or not. It just depends on how how far Google is willing to push Stadia before they fold. So, it, yeah, if Google sees a light at the end of the tunnel, they will keep pushing money into yeah, it. I guarantee you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Which, so kind of related to, you know, the, in many ways, talking about, um, you know, Google Stadia. This isn't the first time we've seen this with other platforms, though, where, um, like Steam, I know in the past has had it where people have been able to purchase a game on Steam, but then Steam removes it from their service. So you can't even, so if you like had that game uninstalled when they remove it from the service, then you can't reinstall it. And so your license then is at that point null and void due to no fault of the customer. Um, and I know we've kind of talked about it before where... Uh, Valve specifically in France has gotten in trouble. Um, they're being sued right now, and I think it went to the French Supreme Court or their equivalent of the Supreme Court. Uh, I'm remembering several weeks back now where <clears throat> uh, license 
like basically the argument in France would be that customers have the right to sell their licenses regardless if they're physical copies or digital copies um and i think that that's kind of simple you know we have to look at that argument as well when we're talking about ownership of the license and by just so we're clear because i know there's a lot of people who kind of get who don't understand what ownership of a license means right you don't own the right to distribute that on a mass scale you have the right to um access that through your purchase whenever you would like and whatever you do with that license is also your right to do so if we take this back to books or movies or physical copies right i don't have the right to go into a game cartridge you know if we're going to go back to like say n64 or game boy take the rom and then sell the rom take that rom load it into a blank cart and then sell that i don't have the right to do that but i do have the right to take that rom and you know use that cart for myself that i produce or to take the cart the the original cart and sell that as a non-pirated official edition so and without and that's what a lot of the issue in france is about is about do people have the right to uh sell digital copies and how do they facilitate that and stuff um like i said this we're going back a about a month and a half, almost two months, I think, on that on that particular issue. Right about, yeah. Um, but I mean, this the issue. I think the issues are very similar, um, especially it, just in terms of access. Uh, Sven, you look like you have some thoughts working up there. Uh, I, I'm sitting here mostly for me and trying to figure out how one would go about facilitating it. While I agree that that is you know, that's the way to go is you should be able to sell your license to be able to, you know, essentially play this game on a digital level. I'm sitting here thinking like from a customer standpoint, how like say that would work at like a digital version of GameStop. Like mm -hmm. how do you go trade in your digital copy? Like that's, that's the gears are turning on that. And it is, it seems like that is a mind boggling concept. Yeah. It would be very difficult to pull off, but like you should be able to do that. You know, if you mm -hmm. want to transfer it from an account to an account, like say a steam account, from one to the other after you're done with it then yeah they have it yeah, but a big part of the issue that people see is first off the amount of drm that would get involved in that would be ridiculous and we already know that the standard drm practices that we see uh in modern triple a or i guess in the modern gaming space it's not even just triple a games the modern space that we excuse me guys i have a uh, a little bit of a fighting back here. Um, DRM just slows down games. It does very little practically to prevent piracy. People can still crack DRM um, in fairly easily because a lot of the DRM is the same. And so once you crack it in one game, you can crack it in multiple games. Um, and all it ends up doing is affecting performance, which is why GOG positions themselves as DRM-free, uh, or one of the many reasons that they position themselves as DRM-free. Um, so that so that's the issue. Like, it, once the whole reselling licenses digitally thing happens, if it happens, 
uh, you can guarantee that DRM is going to come out in full force. Games are going to get bogged down. De Novo is going to make a bunch of fucking money trying to, <laughs> trying to, you know, lock games up as tight as they can. Um, cause yeah, what happens when someone just installs a copy of a game onto an external hard drive? sells the copy off of Steam, has a cracked version now on an external hard drive that they can run at any time. Um, you know, that, so that's definitely the issue, but which I, I think is probably where a lot of developers are looking at Stadia as a, some sort of godsend, thinking that, uh, you know, we can do this without um, needing DRM because the only way you can access it is if you have already purchased um, basically a gate key to to the game um yeah so it's just a very strange thing it's i like i said last week i can't see myself getting into stadia or buying stadia especially if the prices are going to be set to some sort of premium because of the development costs um that developers incur developing for stadia just for it to potentially be completely gone um you know, within a year or so, depending on how well uh, Stadia performs, you know. Yeah, it's definitely something interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. I will say I found out um, why uh, Darksiders Genesis was only $30 mm -hmm. um, or 40 if you're getting it on Stadia. Um, it's actually a spinoff. It's not... Um, oh. it, it's not even going to be... It's not the same style of gameplay. It's like a top-down looter, more like Diablo. Mm. And it, yeah, so it's it's kind of like we were talking about last week with Castlevania and the Castlevania that's going to be on free with gold is not the Metroidvania style, but it's more of a hack and slash mm -hmm. uh, similar concept. So it's just a spinoff game, kind mm -hmm. of a prequel that introduces the last of the four horsemen. Gotcha. That makes sense, because Darksiders 3 is coming out soon, right? Or am I am I I have no idea what Darksiders three came out. Um, Did it? Yeah, yeah I think it had the feed earlier, wars, right? Horseman. Yeah, it came out. I think in May of this year. Okay. Um. So I don't I don't know exactly when the next one will be if if they continue with. It. I would assume that they would, you know, at least do the fourth one to get the the last horseman out. Mm hmm. But. I mean, that's probably two years down the line. Yeah, because this is just an introduction. You do get to play as uh, the fourth horseman is Strife. You get to play as him and team up with uh, War. But um, it's, you know, like like I said, it's, it's more of a prequel than mm. it is anything. So hopefully they will. Maybe it is setting up for an actual full-blown final title to put a, you know, neat little overpriced bow on the whole thing <laughs> i do have one thing to say though mm -hmm. war's sword in the first game hands down one of the best swords in video game yeah. it's <laughs> that thing was classic looking i i've never touched any of the darksiders games just like quick I mean, is that something I should check out? I think I even have one on Steam. Let me double check. I think someone bought it for me, um, and I just haven't touched it. I know Darksiders 2 was on PlayStation Plus, like one of the free games, I mm -hmm. think. Uh, in, earlier this year, I think it was April or May. Yeah. Uh, right before Darksiders 3 came out. 
I have Darksiders 2 Definitive Edition. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. So, I mean, is that something I'm going to have to, like, install and really try? I would recommend trying the first one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you could find it on Steam for relatively cheap. Yeah. Because um, it yeah. is a, over a 10-year-old game. I want to say that... Um, one of my audience members uh, bought it for me some time ago. Um, yeah, what? Because he always bugged me to play it. I'm like, I don't know if I'm even really interested. He's like, Well, what if I buy it for you? I'm like, I still don't know if I'm necessarily interested in it. And then he just bought it for me out of the blue. I'm like, Ah, damn it, Eggy. That's right. I'm calling him out by name, Mr. Eggy. <laughs> Got him. Got him. Yeah. The remastered, or the they're calling it the war mastered mm-hmm. edition is uh 1999 it came out november 29th of 2016 okay. the remastered for any console players that have played the first two uh darksiders 3 is on xbox game pass mm. cool it is not on playstation plus <laughs> we have the last of us though yeah mm. Are <laughs> we gonna we gonna start the console war in here? Is that what's gonna happen? <clears throat> anyway, continue. <laughs> Look, I'll let you. I'll let. I'll let you two uh, duke that out on uh, some other show. Um, anything else? PC on this? versus PS4 versus Xbox versus Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to find. We'll have to find someone willing to uh, stick up for Switch. Uh, I'm the surprise entrant of Atari. Join the battle. <laughs> you gonna, Game Boy has now entered the arena. You're going to stay uh, fight for that uh, Sega Dreamcast? I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> uh, there was the Toy Soldiers game for the Sega Dreamcast. Super fun. I'd say, when I was a kid, I sank hours into that game. <laughs> you know, the little green soldiers? Uh-huh. Yeah, and then you could fly a like a toy helicopter and in the house and stuff like that. It's a mm. lot of fun. Cool. So. Uh, anything else, guys, that we want to talk about uh, on the show? I think we got everything out of the way. I think ben? so too. No, I I think that's just about it. We kind of got in depth on a few topics that I didn't even know we were going to get in depth on. <laughs> Yeah, in terms of uh, game ownership, I'd really like to find someone who's like an expert on on like customer licensing laws and stuff like that and just like really pick their brain. I'll have to do some research on on uh, people who who really focus on that kind of on that side of the law, Um, because it's really important to know what you can and can't do with the products that you buy. and to know the longevity of the products that you can or can't buy uh they would you know i know companies would really just like people to mindlessly purchase things and you know not expect to have them forever that's what they would really like to do but that's not how most people think um we have gone from a from a you know, needs-based society to a wants-based society, especially for luxury here in, in the West. We've gone over, you know, we've changed that over the last uh, 150 years or so, but I still think that the average person really does have a lot of respect for the purchases that they buy. 
Um, and so that's an interesting, it's an interesting conversation. It's an important conversation to have, especially as services like Stadia uh, come out and how laws will need to adapt and change to them. Uh, so yeah, hopefully we'll find someone else to um, really provide some good, valuable insight for for people, other than just a us three schlubs <laughs> really really pick their brain on it yeah exactly um cool well i think that'll do it for uh, in terms of topics let's go on ahead and do some of our shameless plugging uh starting with you green elite oh you're gonna pick me first mm-hmm. okay Call hello everyone hard. yes you did i i am mr green elite uh you can catch me on twitch my twitch is twitch.tv forward slash mr green elite um, we, as I said before, I'll be playing a lot of Destiny. Uh, I think I have a special thing going on Friday, which I'm not sure if I'm supposed to talk about or not, which I'll find out. Um, but I stream every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, one thing I would like to say, uh, Danny, thank you for having me on as a co-host. It has been a lot of fun so far. So, we're killing it. We're killing it. <laughs> I muted myself on OBS because uh, I was doing some typing, uh, and yes, of course, welcome to the show. It's been uh, it's been very fun and interesting uh, starting out with you guys. Um, Reverence Fen, what's coming up on your channel, and where can people find you? Hi, I'm Reverence Fen. You can find me at twitch.tv forward slash Reverence Finn. Uh, I am also Reverence Finn on Instagram, but Reverence Finn TTV on Twitter. Uh, upcoming, I am going to be finishing Life is Strange 2 on Thursday because it has been an emotional roller coaster. Um, fantastic game. Would love to actually talk about it after the whole thing wraps up on a future episode if possible. Um, but aside from that, uh, I haven't really mapped out exactly what I'm going to be doing here in the future i've just kind of been focusing on life is strange who knows maybe i'll pick up destiny too um but yeah that's you probably expect a lot more just indie games and random stuff i do have one special event coming up on uh december 21st um, my good friend eliza lies who is a uh, who has a degree in baking is going to be uh giving me a blind walkthrough <laughs> on how to bake a carrot cake um she will be in a discord call with me cannot watch the stream itself but will try to walk me through how to make a carrot cake while i'm streaming the whole debacle <laughs> that's gonna be fun sounds like a lot of fun that'll be incredibly enjoyable be a disaster I am, piece i am looking forward to that um cool anything else uh from you uh padre oh uh one more thing what remains of edith finch is also on xbox game pass if anybody wants to check it out and is on console but aside from that i'm good Awesome. Good, uh, good catch there. Um, so real quick, uh, in terms of the show, we do have an audience survey out. Uh, we do want to hear from you guys on what you uh, like about the show, what you don't like about the show. Um, it's just a Google Doc. If you guys don't want to do the Google Doc, then reach out to us individually. Just send us a message saying like, hey, I really like this. I don't like this. This is the kind of thing I want to hear about on the show. Um, also, just like let us know some information on like how you consume the show. Um, you know, if you guys are joining us live or if you're watching us on uh, the VOD or listening on the podcast platforms or whatever else. Uh, so please do fill that out. It helps us out a lot, especially as we kind of develop some new ideas and stuff going forward um, in going into 2020. 
Uh, I did release a uh, state of the podcast uh, post. So if you guys listen to us on the feed, that is there. If you guys don't listen to us on the feed, maybe just subscribe anyways and uh, catch the um, state of the podcast on uh, the the feed. And that's on uh, Apple Podcasts and such. Uh, Coming up on my channel... Um, I do have a 12-hour stream coming up next Saturday. So not this Saturday, next Saturday, um, starting at 12 p.m. Central uh, Standard Time. I'll be playing a variety of games, doing a full workout on stream, and making a pizza from scratch, all while wearing a costume. Um, And that was uh, because you guys uh, helped me hit a $100 goal for raising money for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Uh, So thank you very, very much, you guys, for helping us do that. Uh, And I am looking forward to doing a uh, 12-hour stream. Um, Until then, I'm going to be playing Far Cry 5. Uh, I think I'm about a quarter of the way through it. I got stuck on a boss yesterday uh, and just started getting a little tilted because I was very... I was struggling. Um, it's the it was John Seed for anyone who plays Far Cry Five and the stupid fucking dog fight. Um, I'm gonna try to pick up the pace and try to finish that uh, right around the time of the twelve uh, twelve hour stream. Uh, other than that, guys, thanks for joining us live. If you're new to the show or listening on the podcast platforms, um, you can join us live every Tuesday night at 8, 7 central time. Uh, or if you're overseas, 1 a.m. GMT. Um, if you miss any part of the show, you guys can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and everywhere podcasts are found. Um, if you guys are on a specific podcast platform, um, let us know if we're not there. We want to be wherever you guys are. Uh, if you guys like what we do, you can help support the show uh, in a few different ways. Uh, you guys can give us a rating and review on the platform of your choice. Follow us on our individual Twitch channels. Uh, you can also tell your friend about the sh- uh, your friends um, about the show, or even retweeting our post about when we uh, about the show. Um, Let's see, we love and appreciate every single one of you guys. We love that you guys coming out and hang out with us every uh, Tuesday night. Um, And we will talk to you guys uh, next week. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what we do, give us a rating and a review on your favorite platform.